Publishers don't want to publish my books and bookstores don't want to carry them. So how am I going to sell books if this, and so I found another way. And so it's that level of, of resourcefulness that can only come through wisdom, from knowledge, and from patience to be able to figure out how. Welcome to the Awaken the Awesome podcast with your host, Olivier D. This is Awaken the Awesome, a podcast bringing a down-to-earth approach to personal growth. On this show, we're helping individuals just like you learn about tapping into their incredible potential through insightful interviews and inspiring lessons. Our mission is to encourage you to always keep pushing towards achieving your dreams and to stay awesome along the way. I may not have all the answers, but I'm sure there's a book that does. Those were, among many more, some of my father's memorable words of wisdom. Whenever my siblings and I would come to him with a question beyond his impressive knowledge, with those words, he was simply nudging us to get resourceful and just figure it out. And of course, figuring it out often meant digging and researching within the incredible amount of books he had on every conceivable topic. No joke. This eventually led to a serious love for books and thirst for knowledge that has stayed with us to this day. These are the kind of powerful anecdotes that my next guest truly resonates with, as his passion for the wonders and rewards that stem from the love of reading are summed up in his own personal slogan, read or else. Ty Allen Jackson is an award-winning children's book author, youth motivational speaker, literacy advocate, and honorary doctorate recipient. A three-time TEDx presenter, he travels around the U.S. inspiring children to read and educating adults about the impacts of illiteracy. Jackson's self-published books have been featured on CNN, NBC Nightly News, The Steve Harvey Show, PBS, and The Hallmark Channel. In 2020, he appeared on Marvel's Hero Project on Disney+, and a Good Morning America segment featuring Sidney Keys, a young man who was inspired by Jackson's book, Danny Dollar Millionaire Extraordinaire, The Lemonade Escapade, to create an innovative book club for black boys. Ty is also the co-founder of the Read or Else movement and the financial literacy program, The Danny Dollar Academy. On this episode, Ty shows us how to push past the rejection and create our own opportunities, the importance of standing firmly in our happiness, practical tips to get your kids on board with reading more, and so much more. So let's get into this. Awaken the Awesome, episode 183 with Ty Allen Jackson. Here we go. As I like to, I always like to start uh, the recordings and I really want to, uh, first of all, celebrate you. Dr. Jackson, because the thing is, as random as it is, and guys, if you have not checked out his Instagram, that is probably the biggest nugget of fun, laughter, kookiness, and positivity you will find. Because over the past couple, like maybe month, month and a half, uh, that is that the algorithm, if you will, you know, just sprung his profile on, on my stream. I just had to click follow because uh, Tylen Jackson has just like been like such a source of just joy and fun and again just ever so rocking amount of positivity and just you know just just fun it's it's funny it's engaging and i'm not just talking marketing and just like you know all the pizzazz of reels but it's just so genuine it's just so sincere and it just totally brings it home how how much when you bring nothing else but authenticity the will to serve 
the genuine aspect of the beauty that is the human spirit and you bring it with full honesty and no reservation other than like, you know what, let's just bring some good into the world. People like that should be celebrated. People like that should be sung and people like that should be recognized for the greatness that they do, not just for the accolades, not just for being such a, you know, sort of the most popular ch children's book author in the world, according to himself. <laughs> and an unapologetic mama's boy. Yes, I do. I do read up on my guests. But I love it. Tyler and Jackson, I want to thank you. You know, we've only known each other just like off the off the DMs, but I really want to thank you and celebrate all the wonderful work that you've done. Having, you know, listened to a couple of your podcasts, having listened to all your TED Talks. It's such a genuine, genuine thing to see people living their personal truth and following, you know, what they have been put onto this world to do. And for that, you need to be recognized. So from our little corner of the world to wherever these words find you, thank you so much for being here and welcome to the Awakened Yasin podcast. It's a pleasure to have well, you. Two things. One, uh, thank you. That, that was very kind. And two, um, I don't know what I'm doing here. You've done, you've said more about me than I can say about myself. I don't know why I'm here. Like that, but that was as great an introduction to my work and what I stand for. I got nothing else to add to the conversation. No, but it's I'm, sincere. It's sincere. It's sincere. And uh, for the people listening, um, you definitely should check out um, uh, your TED Talks because it's something that drives it home. Um, coming from from uh, from Haiti myself and um, having grown up with, you know, when it's in your face, uh, you know, the haves and the have nots and the yeah. impact of education, but not just education, but literacy. There's a huge, you know, shift, a chasm, if you will, as to the power of the written format and i'm not just talking about and you said it yourself comic books and uh, like you know just just stand as reading as well you know it's it's part of literacy but when someone does not know how to read you have no idea the tremendous impact it can have on your life and you said it yourself through the stats and stuff like you know we're talking about incarceration we're talking about you know just you know social discrimination and all the lack of opportunities that can happen and i was wondering how did that, what sparked that for you? Because you've talked about how books have played a huge part in your life, but what made you feel that, you know what, there needs to be some work done to bring this to the forefront and people need to understand, read or else. What sparked yeah. that for you? So um, it's, it's kind of hard to tell that part of my story without giving the origin of me being an author in the first place. And I guess it really does start when I was a child where I had no aspirations of writing children's books but as a child, I read ferociously and loved reading, uh, introduced to me by my, by my mom. And um, she just instilled how important it, it was. And that just stayed with me from reading comic books to, you know, chapter books at a very early age and just grew into reading. Once I became an author um, 12 years, 10 years ago um, and started promoting my very first book, Danny Dollar, mm -hmm. I noticed something very quickly when I was going into schools kids didn't like to read like you know it just it wasn't as popular as playing video games or going to movies or other stuff it just a lot of kids did not like to read and i said well what's it's it's futile almost to 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 write children's books when so so many children don't like to read so what can i do to spark a love of reading and so i kind of shifted the narrative from talking about my books to talking about reading and and the joy that comes from reading. Okay. And in doing that, I started doing research about reading and literacy and illiteracy and the impact that it has on our children. 
on our culture, and I forget even our children, how it impacts every single citizen in every single country because of all the statistics that I did mention, from, or that you mentioned, from mass incarceration to poverty to poor health to unemployment to teen pregnancy, things that even though those things may not be directly involved in your life, your taxes are paying for all of these things that, that ail our country. So it may not directly impact you, but it certainly indirectly impacts you. And I just thought this is, why don't more people know this? Why, why, why is it this? Why aren't people more informed about the impact that illiteracy has? And I can get on my soapbox and talk about that all day where I think it's actually strategic. I think it's intentional that we are not emphasizing the importance of reading. For example, you've rarely ever, if ever, seen a commercial for a book. You've seen a commercial for television shows and, I mean, for pop, for uh, trailers on movies and this is true. even new albums coming out. But Barnes, I've never seen a Barnes & Noble commercial. I've never seen a book commercial, commercial for a book coming out. Maybe maybe once I saw one for uh, Diary of a Wimpy Kid or Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. But generally, you don't see commercials for books. Books are not marketed the same way that other forms of entertainment are. And there's a real simple reason. And bookstores will say, well, books don't sell that way. I say it's because it's essential for our society to be dumbed down, for um, wow, and I, I, for it to to not be relevant, for it not to be empowered, for it not to be educated, for it not to be informed. And the best way to do that is to revoke information. Where do you get information? I mean, you can Oops. get it from Google, but certainly the primary inspiration, how we're all taught from kids to adults, is reading. I mean, you've got a shelf full of books right behind you, mm-hmm. and so. It was really that narrative from going out and wanting to inspire kids to reading and then doing the research and like, why isn't this being promoted? And, you know, I mean, maybe some of it is conspiracy theory, but I don't think so. I, I, I mean, when you look at, you know, uh, cultures and, uh, and, um, and statistics, especially about financial literacy, that, which is also not taught in schools. Mm-hmm. Um, Sadly. You know, yeah, like, and when you think about it, financial literacy is one of those things that every single person needs to be know about. Every single one, but it's not taught in schools. Like, I, I can't think of a topic that that that's more of a no brainer to teach to children, to teach that all facets of school than financial literacy. Everybody has income, even down to an allowance. Allowance is income. So why isn't it taught? It's either really either the school system's really dumb or really smart. Like it, it's 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 one of the two. It's mm-hmm. either really strategic or it's the biggest duh in the history of the universe. But wow. um, sorry, I can I can like obviously talk about no, this. but that's amazing. That's amazing. You know what? Because you're such a wealth of knowledge in regards to you know the impact of literacy and illiteracy. You know, and you mentioned it's so true because you know you mentioned in one of your talks about you know the differences between. Uh, the presence of uh, 21 bookstores, I believe, in this, in the um, uh, Schenectady area, and the as opposed to where region, you, yeah. there you go in the capital region, and in your own, you know, neighborhood where you were from, from the Bronx, so uh, where there were no bookstores, no. Yeah. and that's the thing that I want to drive home. Whether through reading, whether through trying to launch a business, where it's, it's trying to acquire a skill, and you know, tr- you know, making it part of your daily habit, you know, if you will. I believe exposure and conditioning are primary. If you're not part of an environment where reading or basically entrepreneurship or music, if you're not exposed to that, it makes it that much harder for you to take that on, especially something that 
you're going to need. It's going to benefit your well-being down the road for the long term. You know? Right. And that is that's that's troublesome. And, you know, I don't believe it's conspiracy theory at all. Um, but I do. It's, I do. I do agree with you because it's sad. Um, I take my own example because my father, my parents, my, my entire family, basically, were like a long line of heavy readers. And just like you, my father, when you told your story, my father was just like you bathroom books all the time. Like my father, that was his daily ritual bathroom in the morning, 30 minutes. He's in there. He's reading something like we were just like drowning in books and that served us my 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 siblings and i that served us because believe it or not whether through comic books or books about politics or geopolitics or adventure books or science or encyclopedias it was everywhere and it was just part of the natural thing for us but for some people as you like to say even as adults that can be kind of a gulag to just pick up a book and read so when you want to drive the point home for us parents that are listening, um, how do we bring it home for our kids? Because sometimes, you know, they don't want to read. And yeah. as you said, sometimes they see it as kind of a, like, you know, kind of a, uh, a punishment. Sometimes yep. it's like so boring. And yep. how do we drive that point home? Like the pedagogy, what are some tips we can bring home? Well, one, um, James Baldwin once said, and a paraphrase is that um, uh, children never listen to their parents, but they never fail to emulate them. Wow. Okay. And so the first thing that you need to do if you want to inspire your child to read is role model for them, just like your dad did for you. Like, you know, our, our children will 100% replicate what we do. And if they see you reading, you have a much better chance of them reading. The other thing you can do is make it fun. I mean, it, it shouldn't be a chore. My mother would take, uh, go to the library, get books, spread them on her bed, sit my brother and I down on the bed, and would read like she was Meryl Streep. She would just act out the scenes and make it fun and silly and we could play parts and she made it entertaining. Um, but one of the main things that when people tell me, you know, that my kid doesn't like to read, I ask them a very simple question. I'm always disturbed, by, often disturbed by the answer. I was like, well, when was the last time you took your child to a bookstore? And most of them will like, you can see like the, the blood rushing. Uh, uh, I, I, I have it. Well, you know, like, I don't, there are fewer places that are more magical to walk into than a bookstore. Just the smell true. of the books from the moment that you walk in. And then when, when you do take your child to the bookstore, let them go. Like, just like, let them go. Let them explore. Let them find their book in their way, in their time. Just like, let them be a kid in a candy store. And, and, and even if a child is a reluctant reader or doesn't like to read, it's virtually impossible for them not to find something you know, whether it's boys who like trucks or cowboys or girls, like, I don't want to work, but uh, a gender role. Kids. Mm-hmm. But, but, you know, if a little girl wants to be a scientist, let her find a book about a scientist. If a little boy finds a book about dancing, let her find, get the book about dancing. If they want to get a comic book, if they want to get a magazine, it, does, it doesn't matter. It's, it's just about allowing them to find their way when it comes to getting a book. And, um, and while the library is also an amazing resource, I think a bookstore has a little bit more value because there's something about ownership of a book. There's something about like, this is my book. I get to keep this book. This is mine instead of having to give it back. I I think the library is a great resource once you've kind of got the spark for reading. Mm -hmm. But initially, like just letting the kid roam inside of a bookstore and and just kind of let them explore and find their own uh, their own book that speaks to them. And letting them take it home, and and you know, and if that book doesn't work, then in a couple of weeks, take them 
take them back. And like the old saying, every child is a reader. It's just about finding the right book. There you go. There you go. So it, the, I, I really enjoy that example because we do do that w- with our kids. Not only that, um, our local library is very uh, proactive in the ways yeah. of encouraging, um, you know, it. people to visit uh, the library because even, and this is so new when we moved here, we got a kind of a welcome package, if you will. And in there was kind of a leaflet that says like, you know, for every new birth, you get a free book. Wow. So, so every new birth, uh, you get That's a free amazing. book or bring. So when the child, tr- when the child tr- turns one, we get a call like, Hey, you know, I, I know your child turned one. Like, you know, stop by the board, stop by the library. We can get them their own library card, their own library card. That is, that is really cool. That's so true. they really make it proactive to make sure that you're part of the community and you show up. Well, come on, come on in, come on in. And you, there's a lot of workshops and reading groups and stuff. So we encourage the kids to go to the library, but you're right about the bookstore. Um, for myself, since I like to go from time to time, you know, even with COVID, but I know I could order them online, do the entire Amazon thing, but there's something, as you said, there's into walking into the bookstore. Cause first of all, they're always, you know, restocking and rearranging. So there's like, Oh my God, this, right, this, this right. is so new. Like, look at this. Yeah, right. But you know, people need to get comfortable, um, doing that. And you know what? It's so true what you're saying. You know what? You need to don't impose, like, like I said, my father used to read a lot of political books and geopolitics, a lot of like international affairs type of stuff. Okay. That's not me. So I don't believe you should impose your reading habits onto your kids, but you should basically, as you said, emulate, give them space to be themselves. And you know what? Those are some great tips because our kids need to know how to read. As you said, these the screens and the scrolling is not helping. The short attention span, I've noticed this with my kids. Uh, there's that impatience. Uh, you know, sometimes they're resistant, but I know that it's only going to benefit them. So it's going to be, it's an uphill battle depending yeah. on the personality, but it needs to happen. Um, what I wanted to piggyback on, um, I know it's now defunct, but the Overcome Project was a really cool podcast, which I don't know why you just cut it off. Like, why? It was fun. But, you know, I really enjoyed it. But why, what I enjoy, what I enjoyed about it is basically the episode that you did about the will and the audacity to jump. And for those of us, because we have a lot of people and our listeners who are in that in between space, if you will, I know I, there's something in me that, that there's this great thing I want to do. But Ty, I don't know. It's foggy. Like the, the road ahead is just like so confusing. And I want to, but I don't want to. I want to, but I don't want to. And you know certainly about that because you walked into a bookstore once and you were looking for a book and you didn't find a book. And you said, what? Well, you know what? I'm going to write a book. Why not? And I want you to take us through that. I know you've told the story 10,000 times, but for those of us who haven't heard it, it's very important for people to understand the power of a choice and the audacity to jump. Can you take us there? I can. Um, when my son was eight years old, he's 21 now, he asked me a question that would change my life. And he said, Dad, can we open up a lemonade stand? And um, so we opened up his little stand on the corner of the home and where we lived. And, and much to my surprise, he made $50 selling lemonade in just a few hours. And he said, Dad, what am I going to do with all this money? And I was actually more prepared for the birds and bees conversation than the dollars and cents conversation. Because, you know, I'm thinking, you know, sell some lemonade, we'll make five, six bucks and go get some ice cream and call it a day. But $50 is a completely new conversation. So when he said, Dad, what am I going to do with all this money? I, I really didn't know. So that's when I went to my local bookstore to try to find a book to teach my son about finance and entrepreneurship. And and I noticed two things. One, there were so few books teaching kids about money. And the other thing was that there were so few contemporary positive fun books featuring uh, black protagonists. 
And right there in the bookstore, I got this idea. Like, well, first maybe I thought I could find somebody to write a children's book. But then I thought about the quote from Gandhi, to be the change you wish to see in the world. And so if that change needs to happen, the person who should do it is me. And so the audacity of thinking I could write a children's book was was planted then. The name Danny Dollar just popped into my head. I went home and started writing. And it took a year to write this story, Danny Dollar. I'd never written a book before. I never thought about writing a book before. But it took me a good year. And after after my manuscript was done, I started submitting it to agents. So I submitted it to 147 agents. I was rejected 147 times. Guys, you really need to hear this. 147, 147 rejections. rejections. Where and, so many people would give up, like, you know, the first two or three and, and call it a day. 147. Every publisher, I mean, I mean, I went through Google, Yellow Pages, yeah, Yellow Pages still existed back then, um, uh, Craigslist, you name it, I went and tried to find someone to publish my book, and I, I couldn't find anyone, and after the 147th rejection, I said, I'm not going to let 147 strangers dictate my success, I think this really matters. So I went to Google, and I typed in, how do you self-publish a book, and uh, I started my own self-publishing company. And to date, that book has sold about 85,000 copies across the country. It is wow. a foundation of a financial literacy program called Danny Dollar Academy, which yes. is now being run by the Federal Reserve of Cleveland. Um, it has been turned into a play. And I am currently in discussions with Lynn Sutherland, who is the only black female director of a major Disney film. She directed Mulan 2. The project she's working on now is turning Danny Dollar into a movie or a series. Wow. Slow clap, slow, slow clap, clap. <laughs> slow clap. And yeah, but I want to answer your question though about uh, about jumping and the fear and the audacity. Many people look at fear as a foe, and I look at it as, as an ally. To me, it's not an adversary; it's an ally. I feel like when you're fearful of something, something that's in your heart that you're supposed to do. You should have the audacity to jump. It's, it's, it's the universe or your body or your soul telling you that it's time to get uncomfortable. I don't think we're uncomfortable enough in this life of ours. I think that okay. we take it slow. We take it easy. We take it safe. And my, one of my favorite quotes is by uh, industrialist John Shetty. He says, a, a ship is safe in harbor, but that's not what ships are for. Mm-hmm. And um, and we are all vessels on this planet, and we are not here to stay in harbor. We're here to explore, to venture, to take risks. And um, and and having no experience in writing children's books and discovering that quote, I, I knew like I had to jump. I had to take a chance and um, and venture and and explore and take risks if I was ever going to be great. And I, I I always felt like I was destined for greatness, and I had no idea why. But it wasn't until my son asked me that question and I looked at that question really objectively and I saw a need and I said, why not me? And I'm now I was more fearful of what would happen if I didn't jump. That mm-hmm. was my greater fear. What would happen if I didn't achieve uh, to do something great or attempt to do something great? And, and that was kind of the, 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 the force that pushed me to, to be able to become what it is that I am today. And. The word, the word passion, the word purpose gets thrown around a lot like the new buzzword. But yeah. I'm just you know, using it as a low-hanging fruit type of question. Ty, in your personal experience, I'm, I'm probably sure like you know, probably brushed it you know, in your previous answer. But for those of us trying to, trying to tell you, as always, like, Ty, I don't know what my passion is. I don't know what my purpose is. I'm confused. Like, okay, if I say I want to build, I want to bake cupcakes, is that really my passion or is that a hobby? How do I know, Ty? How do I know? 
So I, I think that it comes with exploration. I think it comes with listening. Uh, I like to think what would happen if when my son asked if he could open up his lemonade stand and I said, I'm not in the mood today. You know, like I, I, would, I, I wouldn't be talking with you right now. I don't know mm-hmm. what I would be doing, but chances are I would not be a best-selling author four times over. Um, so what matters to me is that it's not necessarily your gift or your talent. It could just be an opportunity. It could be just for you listening to your child and for something that it is they desire or a community need or something that you stumble upon or this. Because every single one of us has said this at some point in our lives. I wish that somebody would make a blank. And we've all said that. Yes. And, and, and that is opportunity. That is opportunity knocking. Our purpose doesn't have to be playing violin if we have this amazing talent to play violin. It could instead be making a paperclip. Because the person who made the paperclip is doing really, really well. Yes. Um, so, Post-its. And, or post-its, right. Exactly. So sometimes it's not just this, this awakening that you have or this, this, this talent that you were bestowed upon. Sometimes it's just you listening to opportunity and seeing post-its is like really a great, perfect example. Or the narrative of an Uber or an Airbnb or an Airbnb and just shifting the narrative of something, you know, that, that already exists. So, don't necessarily look at purpose as this this divine gift that has to be bestowed upon you for you to figure out, like, I don't have a talent or I don't have a so-and-so. I think the universe is telling us every single day that there's an opportunity for you to become a greater version of yourself through this. It's just up to us to listen. So listen differently. And I'll give a great example. As an author now, when I watch a movie, I listen to, I, 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 I'm really innate to the storytelling. Before I used to want to just enjoy it as a patron. Now I really dissect the story. I look at the movie, same story, same movie. I just look at it with different eyes because now as an author and a storyteller, I really want to pay attention to story, to character development, to plot development, to backgrounds, to scenes, to, to accessory characters. And I look differently. It's the same movie. I've seen Radiance of the Lost Ark a thousand times. Yep. But it wasn't until I became an author that I looked at it a little differently. And I think if we look at the world that way, if we open our eyes and open our ears and open our souls to opportunities that are around us all the time, I think our purpose lies within that. But we have to be willing to listen. There you go. There you go. And you know what? Because so many people, as you said, you know, just to piggyback on what you were saying, when you hear yourself saying, well, I wish something x existed or this happened or this particular thing and a lot of us just brush that off or i could do this as a side hustle or i could do that as as a part-time and they don't go any further i believe you know les brown has said this often or maybe he was quoting it from someone else but the richest place in the world is the cemetery graveyard is the graveyard there you go because that those were like you know un, unsung poems or you know so many ideas so many businesses that's where they go to die because yeah. so many people are afraid to actually you know you know just lean into those those impulses which listen if you're not stealing from someone's pocket if you're not killing anyone if it's just your great that's expressing itself through these words as banal as they are just go for it and just try it you know 
And listen, I just woke up one day and I say, okay, let me open up a mic on my phone and see what I can do with this. And four years down the road, I'm still speaking to one of the most successful children's authors in the world. Guys, you can't. No, I'm speaking into the universe because I want it. <laughs> I, seriously, I never throw words out, out there just because, because you know what? It needs to be celebrated because, you know, it's, it's giving me the opportunity. And I'm not going to shy away from this. You're right. We need to teach our children a different narrative. We need to teach our children to see themselves into our literature, into our characters, into our comic books. Just like you, I was so touched by by um, Into the Spider-Verse. I really did because it was it was remarkable. For yeah. me, it, for me, it was more revolutionary than Black Panther. I said it. I'm saying it right now. It was more revolutionary for me than Black Panther because my son who sometimes like, you know, lacks, you know, the patience to follow a movie through and through, but he can watch that movie from beginning to end and never get tired of it because you know what? There's a connection there. He sees himself. He resonates with it. He loves it. And you know what? We see ourselves into our modern day heroes. And I believe that changes the narrative because we need to see ourselves through something other than slavery or oppression or discrimination. These, there's more greatness in us. You know, like I said, I come from Haiti. Like, okay, first, 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 like, you know, first black republic. Great. But there's more to us than just, okay, the colonization in 1804 and everything. There's so much more that we have to offer to the world. I'm raising two individuals. I'm raising two people. And I have to understand that what the words that I speak and the words that I let them, you know, ingest into their into their one to their interpretation of the world has resonance and we need to understand that as you said as parents we have so much um to be grateful for and so much to give to these people who are going to build their own legacy down the road and that's it's through work like yours that we understand that we have a responsibility towards the next generation and i'm sure that's not always easy um, because when you, when I see your, your, your little snippets about, you know, going to, to the schools and everything, and I t- to tell myself like that, there's someone who genuinely believe who, like who genuinely wants to serve, you know, whether through one person or 200, you genuinely want to serve. And sometimes that people need to bring that home, you know, the, yeah. the selflessness of serving. And I want you to bring that home for them. Remind people that, you know what, no matter your gift We'll make room for you, but always remember that your gift should be should be put forward to serve the next person. And how important is that to you? Uh, it's everything. It's it's been in the fabric of my entire I want to say life, but certainly within my adulthood. Um, you know, someone I, I actually did an interview earlier today, and um, and you know, and someone asked me about you know the the secret to my success, and I said the the, the unsung hero to the success I've had is is my commitment to my community. And from the moment that I, I moved here to Western Massachusetts from the Bronx, I, um, I coached Little League for a few years. I joined the board of directors of a homeless shelter. I've been on several committees for the school systems and, and, uh, and corporate places. I'm currently um, uh, a board member on uh, one of the largest credit unions in the, in the county. Wow. Um, and... Um, and it's that level of selflessness and giving back to my community without agenda that has welcomed me as an author. I did all of those things before actually becoming an author. But once I did, that same community that I was given to could not wait to give back to me. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, um, Muhammad Ali once said that, um, 
service to others is rent you pay for life here on earth. And, um, and I've always believed in that. I always felt like the best way for me to sleep really well at night is to serve is, is, and, and serve without agenda, a serve without, uh, um, you know, reward, just this, this, the, the ability to, to do my part, to, to make the world a better place. And the, the, the byproduct of that, uh, giving and selflessness was, was a community that, that could not wait to support me in my endeavors. And if, if, if I didn't give back, it, it may have been just a stranger knocking on doors trying to solicit things as opposed to uh, uh, a, a citizen of this community that has shown love to it from its moment that it's got here and couldn't wait to show that love back. And so I, I say to those that are out there that are looking to make a difference in the world, the best way to give, to get, is to give. And so um, uh, Zig Ziglar said the... Uh, uh, the best way to get what you want is to help other people get, what, get they what they want. What they and, want. Oh. Um, and so the more that you can help your community and show them love, the more that they will in turn give back. So um, it's, it's, I think it's the, I think service is the unsung hero to the success of many, many people. Wow. And being, um, because you've written so many books, you've given so many talks and you're still doing it because again, the numbers show and the consistency is there for all of us. Again, you know, the impatient people, because we're a different generation where we want to see it now. We want the success now. We want the recognition now. We want the acknowledgement now. Can you, again, remind them, because I've learned this through thick and the thin, that you know what? Everything takes time. Yeah. There is something called process. There is something called patience. And it's part of the formula. And to someone like yourself, especially writing a book, being something like, I guess it's on everybody else's bucket list. But when the second they start, they stare at that blank page and like, oh my God, this is, <laughs> right. this is hard. This is hard. Can you remind them that, yes, it's supposed to be hard. It's like yeah. any skill, it takes time. I, I, don't, I don't think that there's anything worth having that doesn't take time. I think the scariest word in the world of business or success in, per, in relationships or in your job or even losing weight is fast. I, the moment that someone says, I can help you lose weight fast. I can help you make money fast. I can help you run because that's just, that's just, that's not the way that life works. Anything that, that is worth having takes time. The relationship with your wife, losing weight and getting fit, growing and you're growing for retirement. It takes time. And, um, and there's joy in that. There's joy and power in, in developing a strategy and, and, and consistency and, and, a, and a plan and a process. Um, it's, it's just the way of the world. And, and we do live in this microwave Google type of generation where, where you know, we want things instantaneously. And it's, um, I, I won't say that it's to the detriment of our society because I, I think that It'll, it in some instances forces people to, to work a little harder and a little faster to try to get the results a little faster. Um, but I don't necessarily think that it's that it's always um, forthright and that it that it ends up being as um, as uh, as solid and as well done as could be otherwise. So this is the process. If you want to be successful in life, there's no pixie dust. There's no, there's no magic pill or potion. It, it, you have to take the stairs. There is no elevator. There is no pixie dust. It just kind of doesn't work that way. And I think I'm fortunate that it does. 
I'm fortunate that I had 147 rejections because if it wasn't for that, I wouldn't have started my own company and it wouldn't give me the knowledge and fortitude to be able to have sold over 120,000 copies of my books and know how to do it myself. Without, I've sold over 120,000 books without being in bookstores. Wow. I figured out another way. And, you know, and it was that level of resourcefulness when I realized that publishers don't want to publish my books and bookstores don't want to carry them. So how am I going to sell books if this, and so I found another way. And so it's that level of, of resourcefulness that can only come through wisdom, from knowledge, and from patience to be able to figure out how. how and, and there's always a how. There's always another way. And there's always a how. conventional way that you can figure it out, you're very often the more successful you're going to be. Wow. Because rejection doesn't mean, you know, annihilation. It doesn't mean that you can't do it. You just, you can't do it this way. Right. Or you can't do it with this person. person. And that's okay. But a lot of people just hear like, okay, rejection means that I can't do it. You know, rejection means inability. Rejection means that I suck. But no, you're supposed to, you know, just get back into it, 147 rejections. And at a certain point, you're going to wake up one day and say, hey, okay, have I tried this? Have I tried this? And I really, I really welcome what you're saying because I'm taking a lot of humility hearing that as well because a lot of us do get bogged down or weighed down by the rejection because a lot of us, you know, just take it way too personally and then we take it home and then say, okay, I guess I can't be a, an author. I can't be, you know, uh, uh, you know, whether it's a singer or whatever. Whatever, you know, because a lot of us think that that one because it didn't work with this person means it can't work with anybody. You know what? Yeah. Um, one of my uh, a mentor once told me when I was again from, from time to time, because you need people to talk to and vent some time to time. And a mentor once told me, like, listen, um, don't worry about all the listeners talking about the podcast. Don't worry about all the listeners. Worry about the right listeners, which is a huge difference. Yeah. Right. The metrics show, and again, you need to know who your audience is. You need to know who your readers are. And for a lot of us listening, they think that, okay, you need to be in everybody's ear. No, you don't. You need to find the listeners that are right for you. And trust me, those people need you. Those people want you, and those people will be around when you show up. So yeah, it's, 100%. You know, one you of the things, I listened to a guy named Gary Vaynerchuk. I don't know if you're familiar with oh. him. Oh, really? Like, yes. I've never heard of him. But never Gary heard of him. Gary well, you obviously know him very well. <laughs> Gary B is a My man. And I love Gary because he, he, he really plays on so many parallels. And one of my favorite ones is, is that he doesn't get too high with compliments and he doesn't get too low with insults. And it, and like, he has to block out the noise and it's not easy for people to do. It's, 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 it's easy to say, I'm not going to listen to the criticism, but I'm only going to listen to the compliments. Well, you can't get really high or really low on either. What mm -hmm. really matters is the tunnel vision that you have to have for what you feel is just. I wasn't going to let those 147 strangers dictate my success. I knew in my heart this mattered. It mattered to me. It didn't matter to anybody else. It just mattered to me. And I wasn't going to let anyone, including myself, because I doubted me too, I knew in my heart this mattered. And so even when I kind of doubted myself, which wasn't often, but it did happen, mm -hmm. I just knew that there was a greater good here. And so not to let the noise or the compliments and the accolades drown out or exalt me too high or not let the, the insults or the doubt bring me too low. Keep your head down. Do the work. Enjoy the process as much as you can. 
And if you are sincere in what you're doing and, and put quality effort into what you're doing, it's really hard not to be successful in some capacity. Wow. I was dropping so many gems. So many gems. Oh, God. This guy's so, so much great energy. I'm well, sorry. I'm giddy. Recording, so. Oh, man. Oh, man. Um, but I did have one, one question, though, because a lot of people do ask this wherever they are in their journey. Um, because we talked about the consistency, we talked about the discipline, but is there ever a moment, you know, even if we're still in the grind and we're doing like, no matter what level of success, every little bit helps. It, was there ever a moment for you and your own journey where, you know what, you're like, oh, wow, I made it. It's like, what is going on when the title wave started? Like, was there ever that moment for you or for you? Was this just like every day is a celebration? Every day is a celebration. I, I, I. I, I really one of the one of the titles I, I carry my, with myself now is I'm I'm the happiest man in the world. Um, one of my other favorite quotes is uh, from Mark Twain: the the two most important days of your life are the day you were born and the day you find out why. And and when I became a children's book author, I knew why I was here. And so many people, like you said, like Les Brown said, is they take their gift to the grave with them. I didn't. I, I have my gift, and um, and even if for whatever reason I don't make it tomorrow, I, I can I can go knowing that I, I served. I served in doing the thing that I love, the thing that makes a difference, and um, and I'm, I'm incredibly incredibly grateful for that. And because of that, and that my gift get, actually gets to inspire the things that we cherish the most, our children. I mean, man, I'm just living on a different plane of of success. And it's not the monetary thing, even though, of course, everybody wants to make lots of money and be able to have, you know, the resources to do the things that it is that they want for them and their family. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, my soul is so full. I am so happy in, in being able to inspire young people. And um, and I think you see the joy when you see my videos and you see this is true. dancing this is true. and playing and goofing around with kids. You it's, can't miss it. It's, it's, it's a level of success that I think even the most affluent people will never ever taste and so um so so every day is a party and you deserve it you certainly deserve it like seriously because it's not not just about the reels that guys i do invite you guys to go check out and please follow his instagram because again like i'm telling you the reels whenever they come up it's like oh my god what's what's he doing now (laughs) it's like so funny i repeat this so many times that i comment as often as i can like this is so genius but it's it's very sincere. It's all deserved. It's all deserved. Thank you. Um, for practical tips, because uh, I, I am going to let you go. I know you're a busy guy, but you know people are probably going to ask for practical tips. People who want to jump on the bandwagon of writing or getting you know reading part of their daily habits. Do you have particular you know daily habits or like you know you know just reading the book in the bathroom as you said? But getting yeah. us into that reading habit. Any particular tips we can pick up, whether young or or old. Anything someone can apply on a daily basis, you think? Well, the one thing that is, I think, to be a good, great writer, you also have to be a really good reader. You know, uh, LeBron James was inspired by some basketball player. Missy Copeland was inspired by a ballerina. And I'm inspired by many different authors. Shel Silverstein is one of them, probably my favorite author and poet. So um, so if, if you want to be a writer or anything else for that matter, um, see what other people have done and study their styles and how that they accomplish and overcame their obstacles and see how you can make that applicable towards life, but then use your own voice for it. Like, I think that's really important. Like one of the things you had said at the beginning is authenticity mm-hmm. and just, you know, there are 7 billion people on this planet, but only one you and your voice is unlike any other voice in the world. Wow. Use that voice, love that voice, accentuate that voice because the world is waiting for that voice and waiting for that gift. Um, so, 
So yes, so 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 one have a great sense of authenticity and individuality, and and the more eclectic that your 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 personality and, and voice is, I think the more that it that it stands out. Um, I also believe, like, and I know this is so cliche, but that nothing's impossible. Like every time I look at the moon, I think to myself that humans walked on that. Like I can't think of anything more inconceivable than like, no, right? the moon. Like, what could be more, like, even the concept of a cell phone is mind-blowing to me, but not nearly as mind-blowing as creating a, a vessel to fly into space and go to another planet. And if we can do that, then you could be an architect. You can be an then architect. You could be a mathematician. Then you could be a scientist. Then you could be an athlete. Those things seem easy in comparison. So never think that nothing's impossible because if we can create devices to like literally I'm talking to you in real time from a different part, part of the planet on a little box with no strings on it. Like, like if we're able to do that, then your idea of becoming an entrepreneur isn't so far fetched. And the final thing I'll say is that the biggest investment that you can always make is in yourself. Eat well, love your body. Your body's the only home that you will ever truly own. Love it, nourish it, be good to it, and let it, let it be good to you. And, um, and, and jump. Don't be afraid to jump. Like, I, I want to be exhausted when I go in the dirt. I, I want to be able to do as many things and I've loved as many people and eat as many foods and visited as many places. And it's hard to do that being safe and wow. being complacent. You, you gotta, I think this life is, and world is so beautiful. And, and we, we've got we've to be able to take a, a chance to wow. go out and venture in it, wow. to, to create the best versions of ourselves. Wow. The greatness lies outside of the comfort zone. Wow. Amen. Guys, guys, you heard it. You heard it. Incorporate it. Embrace it. And seriously, express it into your own lives. Dr. Ty Allen Jackson, thank you so much for being such a wealth fountain of knowledge and insight and truth and joy and greatness and everything that this podcast and program represents for the people listening. I want to say a heartfelt thank you again, celebrating you and your work, celebrating you and your incredible mission of sincerity and service and just giving back to the world because it's something that, you know, whether children or their parents or their communities can benefit from. If I can be impacted by it coming from Port-au-Prince, living in Canada and connecting with you, I genuinely want you to know that this is a representation of the immense work you're doing through the world. And that's something that you need to be, you know, celebrated for. And I just want to say again, thank you for being on the podcast. It's a very sincere honor and a thrill. Thank you so well, much. I thank you for the greatness of you creating this podcast to give people like me a platform to be able to reach people and, and, and hopefully make a difference in the world. So I thank you for what you do. For shameless plugging time, any particular places we can direct the listeners uh, if they want to connect and follow up with you, find the books, uh, buy the books. Shameless where can plugging we go? is what I do best. Um, so uh, 100%. Uh, I love people going to my Instagram page, uh, and, and I usually just throw out my website at first, mm -hmm. but I started doing my Instagram page a lot more just because I think it's a great representat uh, representative of who I am and what it is that I do. So, you know, um, so if you go to my Instagram page, which is Ty Allen Jackson, um, that you'll see the link to my website, which is tyallenjackson.com. Uh, but I'm also not uh, bitter at Jeff Bezos and his spaceship flying self. So if you feel more comfortable on buying my books on Amazon, uh, that's a great service to me as well. 
So, um, so either Amazon, TyAllenJackson.com, or just learn more about me by going to my Instagram, TikToks, Facebook, Pinterest, Twitter, you name it, I'm on it. All that wonderful stuff. <laughs> Guys, again, uh, I'm, I'm not sure if your cup is as full as mine, but I'm so filled uh, with such tremendous energy and knowledge and gems. So many gems. I have no idea. Like I've been taking notes throughout the entire conversation. I hope you have too. As always, uh, I hope these conversations, you know, do help you and someone you love, you know, just do that one next step, that one little nugget, that one little step you can actually take, you know, tomorrow waking up, taking one next step towards your next level, in which ways and manifest your greatness, manifest your dreams, take that jump in any which way, because the world and the people you care about are that much better for it. Guys, Amen. as always, stay blessed, stay safe. Thank you so much for supporting this program. As always, do stay awesome. This has been another episode of the Awaken the Awesome podcast. We always love to get your feedback, so please do drop us a line via Instagram, Facebook, or email. Our email address, awakentheawesome at gmail.com. Do visit our official website at awakentheawesome.ca, where you can find our entire back catalog of episodes and incredible guests. Also, if you haven't already, please hop on over to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, give us a rating, and leave us a review, as this helps us tremendously in growing this podcast and spreading the word to more awesome listeners like you. We always appreciate your support, and thank you for listening. Stay awesome.